0: Back, everybody. It is the Texas Triangle NBA podcast here again. Eric and John talking some hoops. How you doing, my man?
1: I'm doing great. Ready to do some predictions for the home stretch this week. All right. Yeah, we're coming yeah. back from the all-star
0: break. Gonna hit the uh, hit the ground running and uh, keep that bottom four record going, Houston. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I guess maybe we hit a couple predictions for all the Texas teams and then talk some shit about the rest of the league like usual.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's, let's just it. lay it out for the listeners. We'll do um, one prediction for the stretch run of the season for each Texas team. We'll yep. trade off. Yep. And um, I don't know. Maybe we'll cry, hug it out. We'll find out.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll, yeah. we'll see where it goes emotionally for the rest of the trip here. Um, thank you for listening. As always, subscribe, like, all that good jazz that we never say until the very end, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's start in Houston, man. We'll go worst record to best record in Texas um, for the Rockets down the stretch. What are what are you seeing? What could you see happening here? These these can be spicy takes, can be just regular old takes. What whatever we just think think might be a possibility, I guess.
1: Right. So, I mean, um, anyone who's listened to this podcast for really any stretch of episodes know that knows that we have been KPJ questioners. I mean, we're not rooting against the kid, but of course not. We just, we have our doubts about him, but I think this is my bold prediction that he's going to earn his extension in the last 20 games of the season. And he's going to do it largely by playing off of Jalen green.
0: I, Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. I would be over the moon if that were the case, because I think Jalen is looking a lot more decisive mm-hmm. with the ball these days and decision making. And ooh, yeah, and KPJ off the ball, his shooting numbers are through the roof when yeah. he catches, catches and shoots instead of creates
1: for himself. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I think one of the big problems with the Rockets, and it's a problem that plagues almost every young team team in the NBA, is that. They're not good at making quick decisions. And when you take the ball out of KPJ's hands a little bit and you're pitching it to him and you're just saying, take the open jumper or, you know, create an open jumper for yourself rather than like, you don't have to orchestrate everything. Because I think, I do think KPJ, he has some passing chops. He can run Mm -hmm. pick and rolls, but I think he's a little bit an outsized role uh, asking him to be a point guard. When I, in reality, I think he's more of a wing and should be more of a dependent player.
0: I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think it opens up a lot more just comfort level for him, and not mm-hmm. feeling this like weight on the shoulders of needing to be something that he's not quite yet, and and let that develop naturally if it's going to happen, um, instead of just kind of forcing it the the way it seems like they're trying to do with KPJ, the point guard. Um, No, I I like that a lot, man. And again, getting anything, getting the ball into Jalen's hands as the
1: initiator more, Mm. I I am going to be for as well. Yeah. Um, And I mean, one byproduct of that is you're probably going to protect that bottom four record if you're, if you have the ball (laughs) in your rookie's hands. Exactly. (laughs) And you know, Jalen Green has looked good since the all-star break or even a little bit before. I mean, the entire month of February, he's been lighting it up. He really has. The shooting numbers are there. Yeah. He's shown some real flashes with the ball in his hands. He really has. Yeah, and and decisive and quick,
0: um, and and willing to uh, adjust from game to game too has been cool to see. Mm-hmm. I, I think last game was a I, the shitty game last night against the Clippers. I think was the exception, not the rule, to Jalen mm-hmm. now, which is cool to see because it yep. used to be, oof, five games like that, and then you'd get a twenty point random night where it just seemed like he was hitting threes and. Now it seems like he's actually skillfully making it happen instead of getting lucky and and nailing his shots.
1: Yeah, and with rookies, you're always watching for process, not necessarily results. And for the first, I don't know, two-thirds of the season, the process did not look good. No. (laughs) Um, But I think generally Rockets fans can have a little more faith that the rebuild is on the right trajectory, and I think I really think the only way that you're going to get KPJ off the ball is if Jalen Green continues to demonstrate his ability to be a lead ball handler, yep, and score efficiently, and you know just buckle defenses with his athleticism,
0: yes, and um, shot making. I, I think that maximizes both of their skill sets. Yeah, um, to switch it up and do it that way too. Um, I guess for for my wild prediction. Um, I was going to say, I, I think Dennis Schroeder is kind of really fit in well to a random role that nobody expected him to excel in,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, as, which is like vet developing young guys. And and it's just not something he's no he's not been known to be the locker room balancing presence. I'm not saying he's been a bad teammate or anything, but that's just never been anything I've known of Dennis Schroeder to be in his career. Um, a stabilizing force, you know, that just doesn't <laughs> seem like him. And, and, it's been really cool to see mm-hmm. how he's kind of fit into that role. I think my bold prediction would be for him that he's going to to, to earn a pretty sizable contract and and not regret fumbling the bag, quote-unquote, this year uh, come this offseason.
1: Yeah, uh, when the Tice trade happened, we had a lot of people asking, what was the point of bringing Dennis Schroeder in? You can't re-sign him with bird rights. Uh, you didn't get a pick, so what really, why? And I think we're seeing why now. I think he has altered the process a little bit for Houston, and I think he's alleviated some pressure and guys fall into line a little bit better when he's on the floor. Definitely. He's
0: very much... the way he, he coaches guys up a lot, I've noticed. Um, mm-hmm. but he doesn't ever seem to be doing it in an angry way or a disappointed way or anything. His approach just seems to be really level headed and mm-hmm. and it seems like a lot of the guys on the team are taking to it a lot and, and the defensive effort jumps when he's on the floor all around and he's just man, he's he's way more solid and fitting in mm-hmm. way better than I thought he would.
1: It's really strange to think of Dennis Schroeder as a seasoned vet, but I mean he's going he's in what year nine. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, so he's almost a 10-year vet. I, I Yeah. So and he's
0: been doing it at a high level for probably 5,
1: 6 of those for sure yeah, at yeah. least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh didn't really hit the ceiling that Hawks fans wanted him to no. early in his career, but I mean, he had a really good run with Lakers. Um then, you know, his agent really just gave him some bad advice. Yes. And I I mean, I probably, they would have found me hanging in the closet if I lost $80 million. So, Dude was nothing but a good sport about it, too. It's wild.
0: I can't believe, he posted that thing to Instagram that was like him holding the luggage, and he was like, go ahead, this is your one chance, make your best Fumbled the bag joke here. Uh And I was like, man, you are a really good sport, dude. I can't ever imagine being that, that chill about
1: that. <laughs> well luckily we live in a country where once you have some wealth it's really easy to accumulate more wealth. So <laughs> yes, just invest that money wisely I suppose. Yes. And yes. you'll be fine.
0: Maybe you don't listen to your agent about that part of it either. Yeah. Oh. Um <laughs> I think you might have even switched to some representation after that happened. I don't remember for sure. Uh, how could that. you not? Yeah I, I, yeah, I would have for sure. Um but yeah, those, those those are pretty not not spicy spicy rockets predictions, but I like those, especially the KBJ off the ball idea. That's going to be, you know, I hope these come to fruition. We kicked around some Silas ideas, but who knows what to predict with that guy, to be honest. I think he's got until at least next year's All-Star break to prove himself, though.
1: Yeah, and I think Jalen Green turning the corner in the last 20 games of the season is just going to be huge, because the kids been shat on quite a bit Yes, for things that are either outside of his control or things that you'd expect from a rookie guard. Exactly. Like I get like the dunk contest. You know what? The dunk contest is for fucking kids. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like there are maybe two, one or two dunk contests every decade that are outstanding and the rest of them are unwatchable. You're largely correct. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. You don't get Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine every
0: single year. Sorry. No, No, you get Paul George and neon paint sometimes, you know, (laughs) or Victor Oladipo and Black Panther mask. I think that was the same year. Even was that,
1: um, was that the year in Brooklyn where he like sang his way onto the court? He did like a Sinatra rendition or something and he's wearing a pinstripe suit. I think so. Yeah. Oof.
0: Oof. See, usually you get weird shit like that in the dunk contest. It's not Kia's. It's not jumping over Kia's every year, guys. Mm-mm. But, uh, that was a horrendously bad dunk contest and Jalen green should be ashamed of himself. If I the, will say
1: the this. Kia <laughs> that Blake Griffin jumped over. Do you think it's still running <laughs> from that era,
0: That was a transitioning era for Kia. Modern Kia's are quite nice. And I imagine reliable, mm-hmm. um, but that was like when they were just trying to reestablish or to establish themselves as a reliable brand. I'm going to say no. I don't think Becky <laughs> is still running. Yeah. Plus, probably some like, it. I don't know, they, they maybe did some giveaway or something. Some mm-hmm. jerk off like me got it who doesn't know how to take care of his cars and <laughs> ran it into the ground driving to the stadium to sell popcorn every day or something. Like, what do
1: you mean <laughs> I can't just put more oil in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cleaning it. Should no. <laughs> i have to put like fancy european oil in my car that's 100 i'm not doing that i'm just no. gonna put more oil in yes and hope it goes until my next paycheck exactly thank that's, you that's the american way thank you for understanding yeah, yeah. speaking of the american way <laughs> let's
0: holler about them spurs man usa's team oh, that's that's the cowboys who's usa's team in basketball Please don't say, I think it's probably Lakers, right?
1: I think it's the Lakers. My first impulse was to say the Celtics, but it felt really nasty to say that. (laughs) It's probably true. The underbelly of America. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Well,
0: the real America's team, Mm -hmm. San Antonio Spurs. I
1: suppose that's one way of putting it.
0: Right. Texas is the only part that matters.
1: <laughs> All right, so my my bold prediction for the remainder of the Spurs season is that they chase the play in, and they barely miss.
0: What? Uh, that's. Oh, I don't know. I still think they kind of make it, man. I feel like something's happened where they turn a corner. I could see them really to just head and going in balls deep into that play in at the nine spot, even, but.
1: They are in striking distance. They're only a game out of 10th. Yep. Um, but I just, I think...
0: I think the Pelicans are going to outpace them. Pelicans have looked really nice since the CJ trade, which neither of us expected, really.
1: And, you know, the Derek White trade has really cleared up so much for the Spurs in terms of having guys in more defined roles and emboldening certain guys to... Um, if nothing else, feel confident in that they're going out on the court and they're not going to get yanked for anything. Yep. And they're going to have more opportunity to either put the ball up, handle the ball. Like, let's look at Lonnie Walker, and we'll get Mm -hmm. more to Lonnie Walker later, but the last six games he's averaging 20 on, I think, like 53% true shooting or something like that, which is is the best stretch of basketball he's played in his career.
0: Exactly. I was just going to say, like, it's not – mind-blowing the 53% true shooting, but it's still, like, for Lonnie Walker, that's fucking incredible, you know? And that's a huge improvement.
1: Yeah, and then you have DeJounte Murray, who seems to have gone up another level with having the ball in his hands even more. I'm not sure how much his usage rate has crept up since the Derek White trade, but his counting stats and his efficiency are way up. It's unreal, man. I would not be tremendously surprised if
0: he's, like... Really, razor's edge, close to triple double average by the end of the season. Yeah. The way it's going, I guess one's in like the eights right now. That's probably mm. going to be tough to bring up that much more. Yeah, but that's that's nuts, man. He's impressive, and not a Russ, not a Russ Westbrook triple double average. Like a mm. whoa, holy shit! Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, if you if you followed me or the podcast, you know that I've been very much in the camp of the Spurs should put all of their poker chips on landing a top-five draft pick. And that could still happen. That could still happen. Um, you know, if I were in charge of things, I would probably looking for be looking for any excuse to shut guys down. Yeah. But the Spurs aren't going to do that, and I'm not going to root against the team. I'm not going to feel bad when they win games because they work their asses off, and if they make the play-in, I'm going to be there cheering for the team. Of course. Yeah, that's what a fan does. Yeah. Even though... I still don't think it's necessarily the best um, thing for the team long term. Hmm. I I think it's very clear when you watch, still still to this day when you watch the team play more talented teams, uh, that they're just they're missing a piece. Yeah, and the fact that they're running out Doug McDermott and Kelton Johnson uh, at the forward positions, I think, is just such a huge weakness. And then you also look at the team's crunch time offense which is by far the worst in the league. That does not bode well for this team going to the playoffs. Very true. Crunch
0: time offense is pretty damn important in a seven game series. Typically speaking,
1: this team Uh, can't generate offense when defense is really zero in, they cannot generate offense. Um, and the only way you're going to remedy that is by adding more offensive talent and high end offensive talent. And you're not going to get that at like the ninth pick. Yeah,
0: no, that's fair. That's fair for sure. Um, I was going to, play devil's advocate and, and ask you because i remember a couple weeks ago we were talking like maybe that phantom other piece to build to build around with dj is is in house already and and is a developmental thing uh, for next year um is that still a possibility where you chase the play in placate a fan base who's very hungry for any kind of happy win story to 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 latch on to typically um and, and then still feel like you have that piece incoming but already there, quote unquote. I, I don't know. I'm I'm purely speculating and devil's advocating here. I'm with you. I think that the smart move is to 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 make some way sure that it's a, a, a <laughs> low a, a low seed high draft pick situation. But
1: yeah, look man, I'm a big Devin Vassell believer. I think he could probably be a French All Star if not better. I mean I'm not I'm not putting the ceiling on the kid. He's twenty one years old. He's younger yep. than some of the guys who are being drafted in yep. June. So he could be anything, but if you look at all of the legitimate contenders in the NBA, they have that, that guy, you know, who's probably an unquestioned top 10 player, and as much as we love DeJounte Murray, he's probably like top 30, top 25, if you want to be really bold about it i put him a little higher than 25, I think. But I don't know. I'd,
0: I'd have to sit down and actually start s- scribing out 25 players in yeah. order, and then I might be surprised where he ends up. So yeah. you're right.
1: And I, I hope people don't misconstrue that as, you know, disrespected DeJounte Murray because I love DeJounte Murray. I hope he's on this team until he retires. I think he's an exceptional person and a really, really fucking talented guy. Yep. But, just a
0: cool story.
1: Yeah, and a great story. But he's not going to be able to do it. He's not going to take this team anywhere as the number one option. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And Um, if you're telling yourself that, then you're just kind of ignoring the reality of what's going on for this team and the parts of the game that really matter. Yeah. Yeah. And and the parts of the game that are
0: indicative of what basketball is going to look like when it does all Mm -hmm. really matter which would be a playoff series so i mean crunch time is when you get to see the playoff team typically Mm -hmm. speaking because that's when they're really focused in and it's not a doldrums regular season game where they're just kind of ho-humming it no um no i i i like that i think i still think that pop slash this roster sans Derek white with the new well-defined roles i think this team is gonna gonna end up in the play-in and I hope I, I hope not for your sake especially uh yeah
1: I don't know man I just this this is the season that the Spurs this might be their last chance for a while to chase a high draft pick and an all-time class it seems yeah a great class because I'm, I'm pretty convinced that this team next year is going to be above 500 oh yeah I would think so too I, I think that's where the trajectory is going I think I see a leap for Devin Vassell next season. He's already made a I mini do, leap. I do too. I don't know how much better DeJounte Murray is going to be, but you know he's going to work his ass off and add something to his game. Yes, I do. T- I do, yeah. and
0: I didn't think early season DeJounte would have taken another step, and he's up two or three since then this year alone. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's just impressive.
1: And that, that's not to mention Joshua Primo and Keldon Johnson mm-hmm. and Trey Jones and, you know, the plethora of other young guys they have on this roster that have nowhere to go but up. Yep. So I don't know. And you know, if, if the Spurs do make the play-in, it's fine. They're going into the offseason with a ton of flexibility. They can have maximum if they want. They have a pretty good cachet of uh draft picks and assets. Mm-hmm. They can they can swing a big trade. Um so there are other options. I just I really like the idea of drafting a guy and having you know, having team control for seven to 10 years and letting the Spurs see what they can do and developing a blue chip talent. You know, that's, that's just mine. So
0: I'm with you, but I could also see from the front offices standpoint of, well, that's what we're already doing to an extent. Like that's pretty much what we're already at. And if this team as constructed where we're thinking they're not ready at all, and we were planning for a top draft pick happens to be good enough to get into the play-in, mm-hmm. then maybe Primo taking a leap, Vassell taking a leap next year is is just what we need if we're already overachieving, you know? I could see them taking that kind of shrug approach of, well, that's what we wanted, but this team's better than that. And I think that would, that would bode well for the franchise's future as well.
1: I, I think the problem with that is I think if they, they just stick with this core and they add another, you know, draft pick that's like 9 or 10... That group has a hard ceiling on it unless someone really breaks up and becomes a superstar. Yep. You don't see that potential in Primo? Yeah. I kind of do. I, I I do, but I mean, who knows? He's 19, dude. He Very could, true. He could be Derek Johnny, White. Yeah. 2.0. Jo- Johnny Flynn looked like that yeah. when he came into yeah. the league at 19, you know? I, I do believe in Joshua Primo, but I'm not, I'm not going to put... You know, I'm not going to bet my house on him becoming a superstar. Probably right. not a good idea in this Yeah, market. yeah. So, like... I don't know man. Um I just I just think chasing the play the play in this is going to sound counterintuitive but I think chasing the play in is for losers. Oh yeah, that's fair. Like the Kings chase the play in. Yeah. Good franchises are always looking with an eye toward the long-term future I think. Yeah. Um so I just I don't know. The play just doesn't excite me. That's fair. No, that's totally fair. What if it gave you the chance to knock the Lakers out of the playoffs, though? Wouldn't it be fun? Oh. <laughs> yeah, but then the other side of that is like, what if they get, they play the Lakers in the plan and they get destroyed by Russell Westbrook or something? Yeah, that would be really depressing. And how, that would be so deflating. And I don't know, man. I just, I don't like that. That'd be a lot more deflating than going into the offseason with
0: a tank season that you're guaranteed a top draft pick for sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Um, All right. I think. To get another quick Spurs lick, I, my prediction is that Lonnie Walker is going to keep doing what he's doing, if not better, and uh, it's going to make for a little bit of a weird offseason decision because it seemed like a foregone conclusion thus far. that It mm-hmm. was like,
1: all right, cool. Bye, Lonnie. And, and now it's like, fuck, well, who's this guy? Yeah, prior to this five, six-game stretch, I was of the mind that maybe Lonnie Walker's roster spot would be best allocated to um, a more developmental prospect, but now now that White's gone, I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> conflicted. I like Lonnie Walker. I wouldn't mind seeing him on this roster in the long term, but I just need to see a little more. Like yep. five games isn't enough. That's very true. That's very yep. true.
0: I, I was just it's it's sometimes I I I see. A difference sometimes where it's like a guy seems like something's clicked versus a guy's having a hot streak and mm-hmm. it seems like something's pretty cl- is clicked into place for Lonnie like I mm-hmm. don't know something looks it looks like it's stuck then I think a lot of it has to do with the, the added uh spacing and, and assuredness of, of the Derek White trade opening things up yeah I,
1: I do think that the Derek White trade bolstered Lonnie's confidence a lot um, but I mean we've seen this is the most compelling stretch of Lonnie Walker's career this last five six games, but still, I mean, if if we're talking about Kevin Porter Jr. and we're talking about five games, we'd be like, oh, well, let's, right. let's fool me once. <laughs> You're right. I don't know but if that's because we're haters. If he puts together twenty games of respectively efficient, respectively efficient bench scoring with you know passable defense and playmaking. Yeah, let's talk about giving him a, a contract extension. But until then, I'm I'm, I'm kind of I'm a little hesitant. Yeah, I'm you with know.
0: you. Um, he's restricted as well, right? Like yeah. So I mean, you know,
1: you yeah, know, give him the fucking qualifying offer and
0: see what happens. It's pretty. That's a pretty easy decision, I would say. Yeah, I think that
1: DeAndre Ayton is going to be on the table for the Spurs this off season. Interesting. I don't think the Suns are paying him, and I think the Spurs have. Exactly what the Suns would want in return for a signing trade for DeAndre Ayton. See, we need to get my
0: friend Jerome on here and talk about this because he's a Suns fan, mm-hmm.
1: an adamant
0: non-believer in DeAndre Aiden. Mm. and I think there are quite a few. Did he watch the playoffs last season? Yes. Interesting. Yes, and uh, he finds that it's a passive dude who is uh, – not playing to his size and strength most of the time. And Centers uh, get
1: that, that critique all the time, all
0: yeah. the time. But yeah. he's saying uh, you more or less switch him with a Javale McGee type dude, and it's pretty comparable production. And yeah. uh, there's not worth. He's saying basically he's he's amazing, but in this team's context, not worth a max deal. And I'm like, I I think then okay, well yeah, then flip him for a fucking king's ransom.
1: And yeah, I think uh, so. You look at DeAndre Eaton and you look at Yaga Bertel. Uh, Aiden's a little younger. He's gonna get a max deal probably. Oh yeah. Then you have Jaka, and deservedly so. I think deservedly yeah. so. And then you have Jakob Purtle on a s- steal of contract. He's making eight million. So DeAndre Aiden's a better player. Is he that much better? At, r- at present, offensively, I would
0: say yes. Defensively, I would say strongly no. Like Purtle's phenomenal on that end of the floor, but I don't think I would feel comfortable throwing up a lob to Purtle.
1: I like Portal. I like Portal a lot. I don't know. I think I think I I think Aiden would be really interesting as like the number one or two option on a team. I think so too. I think it could be like King's Boogie Cousins, but with more winning.
0: Ooh. With a good franchise in place yeah, to yeah. actually to facilitate yeah. that and, and to not anger him <laughs> <laughs> at every turn. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. I've long yeah, we've even discussed, yeah, Jalen Green, DeAndre Ayton pairings in mm-hmm. fantasy before. So, yeah, no, I, I, I'm i I'm very high on Ayton, too. I think you guys would have a nice, compelling, you'd have a real nice package mm. to offer
1: them, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I I don't know. I mean, with Pirtle, they could get like 85% of his production for $25, $25 million less. Yep. And then they could probably get like a pick or something on top of that. So, yeah. I don't know. At least a pick. I'm just spitballing. Brian Wright's way smarter than I am, though, so he probably would be like, no. Like, yeah. keeping Pertle. Pirtle. Yes. Yeah. We're going to spend that money elsewhere on not a center. <laughs> yes. You're probably right. Probably the smart thing to do. So. <laughs> Which really is in 2022, yeah. Anyways, is that enough on the Spurs?
0: Maybe uh, shall we mosey on over to Dallas? Over to so Dallas. Talk them boot scoot over to Dallas and talk tight. <laughs> to the big D. To the big old D. The
1: big old D. <laughs> Hog City, maybe. All right. Oh, City. <laughs> so what's your first uh <laughs> prediction for the remainder of the Mav season? Well,
0: I think that everything that rubbed everybody the wrong way about Spencer Didwitty in DC is gonna be just what Dallas's locker room needed, as it would seem. Are we and sure that Bradley Beal's not just a prick? It kinda of seems like Bradley Beals and James Harden, right? Yeah, <laughs> he seems like an asshole. <laughs>
1: I don't know. He kind of like had a heel turn going into the season. It seems like, man. Yeah.
0: And I kind of feel for him because a lot of it, I feel like was everybody trying to kind of drum up this. We want to see you leave mm. narrative. And he was like, fuck y'all. I don't like stop. Like, and, and now he's just resentful and mean about everything. But uh, uh, to the Mavericks, I, I think that the Chris Stapps trade, Spencer Dinwiddie coming in, just fitting like, absolutely perfectly it's going to make them look like geniuses and you yeah. know frankly I hate it
1: yeah we just watched them have a, a big comeback against the Warriors last night and Dinwiddie was a big part of that he was and the Mavs are going to be running out some really interesting small ball lineups without Porzingis where they're playing you know the two guards Brunson and Dinwiddie, Doncic, uh Dorian Finney-Smith and then they can either do Kleba or they can you know put in um, Reggie Bullock yep. and just really spread it out and then you have like you have creation all over the floor. You have guys who can knock down shots. It's a really interesting lineup. I'm um, a little worried about this team's defense going into the playoffs, but I think yeah, yeah, just I hear that. just the fact that they unloaded that monstrosity of a contract from Porzingis, and they turned it into Dinwiddie, who I think that deal. Sooner rather than later is going to start looking like at least a neutral asset. Oh yeah, if not positive, and then Bertons will have to wait and see. That's radioactive right now, but
0: yes, but also a player who's weirdly tailor made for Luka Doncic's offense. Oh yeah, yeah. So if they can get him at least buried on the defensive end and and hidden somehow for a minute, you know, for ten minutes a game or something, you'll probably get four threes out of him.
1: Yeah, so I think that's a really solid prediction. I think it's gonna work in Dallas. Uh they I, I kinda wish Carlisle was still the coach of this team because he would have a ball with these like three, four guard lineups. Yeah, he would. Because he loved doing that shit when he didn't have anyone, when he had like to run out Monta Ellis and
0: JJ <laughs> Barea. Uh, J,
1: yeah, so I mean imagine <laughs> doing that with fucking Doncic and Dinwiddie and Brunson oh. and you know
0: I mean, shit, look at Dennis Smith Jr. looked like a future star under a Carlisle offense for a little while there. And then, it, you know, obviously what happened happened and it was Carlisle's fault mm-hmm. because of being a shithead to Dennis Smith Jr. But I mean, you're right. Like he, he gets a lot out of the guards. He would probably make some, some fun magic happen. Either that or he would end up being punched in the eye by Spencer Dinwiddie <laughs> or something because he's a dick.
1: I don't know, man. And- Carlisle made some pretty tasty soup out of some really bad ingredients for many years in yes, Dallas. Yes, he did.
0: Yes, he did. Um and 2011 while Dirk put on one of the greatest playoff, exp- you know, expositions ever. Uh Carlisle's coaching has a lot to do with that that run as well. Yep. Um what else what else we got for the Mav Mav freaks?
1: Well, I think um I think compounding your take, I think the Mavs are going to finish the season going into the playoffs. Looking like a team that might be a legitimate threat to come out of the West. I think so too. I think they're they're heading that
0: trajectory for sure.
1: I thought the Porzingis piece was going to be more of a vulnerability in the playoffs than an advantage. And now they have a serious size deficit now. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be relying a lot on Dwight Powell and Kleber. Klebus had some injury issues. Dwight Powell um feels like he's been in the NBA forever. I don't even know how old that dude is, but Yes. Yeah. Uh it's going to be interesting to see how they ma- how they match up in the playoffs. But they have more weapons now on the perimeter.
0: Definitely. I feel like their offensive game has taken it to another gear, but you're right. They're going to be kind of in that small ball disadvantage yeah. on the defensive end once they got, start getting pounded by by big boys.
1: Yeah, I just I mean we we've seen this formula a lot, but just surrounding Luka with shooters and guys who can create, like, secondary creators, it's just a winning form. Like, when Luka Doncic gets into the paint, the Mavs are going to get a bucket from somewhere. Yes. The dude is unstoppable. He really is.
0: Or you're going to get free throws. He's going to get the layup at the end one, or you're going to get a wide-open three-pointer.
1: Yeah, sometimes when I watch the Mavs, Luka will just, you know, he'll pull up from the logo or take a step back, and it's like, you just just give the ball to someone else. Like (laughs) because it, you're not really maximizing that possession by doing that. I mean, Luca Luka can hit him. Yeah, he can he for can, sure. He's hit them in big moments, but I mean,
0: save them for the big moments.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not the most optimal offense like if you just want to like take a three then get off the ball. Yes. And you'll probably get a catch and shoot three, but I mean That's a much nicer look than that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, but you won't make
0: the highlight reel that way,
1: man. Come on. Yeah, but it's just not I guess I guess again it's not really my place to pontificate on these things. Luka Dojic as a child, he's basically still a child. What is he, like 21? Uh, I think he's 22 now. Yeah, so he's kind of a kid. He's still a youngster. Yeah, he knows more basketball than I will in two lifetimes, so. Fair. Depends on your next lifetime, though. Unless Uh, this is lifetime number two. I'm gonna be punished in my next lifetime. I'm gonna (laughs) come back as a fucking lizard or something. Hey, could do worse than a lizard. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Depends on the lizard. Sometimes they just get eaten by birds. That wouldn't be a very good <laughs> good reincarnation. It's
1: gonna be one. a lizard that gets eaten by a bald eagle and it's gonna be punishment for all of my rhetoric against the American government. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they've even they've infiltrated reincarnation and they're punishing you for it. They're gonna send you to Gitmo for reincarnation. <laughs> oh, I wish that wasn't believable. Um but no, I think I'm, I think I'm with you Back to the Mavs. I think that uh going into the playoffs, they will definitely look like a contender, but I think they get sized out come actual playoff time, as you were wise to say. hmm
1: Yeah, I, I mean I think they could they could clown some teams. I think they would have a field day if they got matched up with Utah. Um I, I think I think Phoenix would give them problems. Um, oh yeah, the the interesting matchup would be with Denver. Hmm. Um, I just because Jokic is just maybe the most insane player in the NBA right now. He's unreal, man. Yeah. He's just
0: so skilled. I've never seen a player that looks so out of place, <laughs> but just wreaks <laughs> havoc like him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's Larry Bird and Magic Johnson in a fucking 6'11 <laughs> tubby frame.
0: It's so much fun, man. Yeah. I love watching Joker play. But I think him and Luka would be... That would be a really fun playoff matchup, actually. Yeah. But I think Nuggets in five. Yeah. Just because... Yeah, what are you going to do with Joker? I don't know. Yoker. Yoker. With
1: the Yoker. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. The, the, Mavs, know. the Mavs are becoming more and more interesting as the season ends and I think a lot of it has to do with Luca playing his way into shape definitely as if our heart in comparison couldn't be any more on the nose
0: <laughs> here we are <laughs> 20 games before the playoffs and we're saying
1: all right I think he's in shape now <laughs> he's ready to go yeah it, man I'm just I'm fascinated I'm gonna be watching a lot more Dallas basketball which I know is out of character um, but the the team is interesting to me now.
0: They uh, they yeah. are they really are a lot more yeah. fun now. I think losing losing Porzingis, adding Dinwiddie, everything just seems a lot more clear and in focus about the direction of the team and and what they they could could do. So yep. yeah, I'm pumped, man. I'm excited to watch some more Mavs this season too. Um, you know, I still am doom and gloom about their playoff hopes, but they could prove me totally fucking wrong. I guess it's I guess it's, to do. Uh,
1: wait and see, but. Yeah. All right, I think that's enough Mavs. I'm gonna have to take a shower after that one. <laughs> we were way too rosy for that. Yeah, we didn't even shit
0: on Dallas that much. I'm gonna fucking throw up. Yeah. All
1: right, so let's hit on some uh let's do some quick hitters around the league. All right, cool. Uh your man, My James man. Harden. Good old Harden. Ugh. Harden loyalist for the better part of a decade.
0: Yeah, I can't do it anymore, guys. I gotta say, the whole forcing out of a situation you hand picked thing is just rough, man. I I'm 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 rooting against these Sixers for sure, so I'm going to go ahead and admit my bias up front. However, I'm going to say that these Sixers are going to look this unstoppable all the way through this regular season. They're going to convert all these Philly fans. They're going to be just, uh, I feel so bad for them. They're going to be naive just like
1: I was. They're going to be believers. Arden is uh, the greatest honeymooner in NBA history. He really is. He has the greatest honeymoon Phases, like you remember when he first came to Houston. Oh yeah, he was the franchise saver. Very, and he was. And he really was, yeah. And he stayed for a long ass time in Houston. I think that's getting mm-hmm. overlooked a lot
0: mm-hmm. in the, in this whole. How Harden went out, the timing of when he went out, after the Westbrook trade that crippled the whole future, mm-hmm. the whole thing. That's what the problem is with his time in Houston. It's not that he didn't have all those years in town. It's not no. that he didn't earn it, it, it but no. it's just the way he did it and then subsequently immediately did the same shit to brooklyn
1: well and, that, and that's that, that's uh, you know that's kind of on the nose of my point which was he had this great honeymoon phase in brooklyn too where he was he's going to be the point guard, he's going to do the dirty work, he was going to be the connector for the team and how long did that last? Yeah.
0: Last until he was rolling his eyes when they'd call timeout plays for kevin durant. Are you <sighs> kidding me, dude? Like who could ever roll their eyes at a play call for kevin durant? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so <laughs> the vibes are immaculate in Philly for now. For now. Um, but I think
0: you and I both laughed at, like, there's all these weird funny clips coming out where they're trying to make it seem like Harden and Embiid are, like, going to be best buddies and stuff, and mm-hmm. it'll be, like, Harden trying to talk hoops at a press conference and Embiid chugging a water bottle noisily behind him or something, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you are like, oh, that's good. And then they, like, force a laugh. Well, like, you can clearly see in Harden's eyes that he's just annoyed that this guy yeah. is upstaging his press conference, and, uh, and it's just—I don't know, man. I don't see—I don't see anything about these two personalities working when the times get tough, and the times are going to get tough in the mm-hmm. playoffs, no matter what.
1: And then you had Doc Rivers just like you know throwing fucking gasoline on fire, dude. It kind of is, and also uh, Doc um, Rivers
0: who. He, he's going to see that there's rumors that fucking Maury and Harden want to bring in D'Antoni in the mm-hmm. offseason anyway. So like he's what's his obligation to care if there's a fucking uh, a fuse going on this powder keg? Yeah, like, yeah I, I don't know. I just don't. I see this going really well until they're faced with their very first adversity in the playoffs. And yep. then it's going to completely turn sideways. And James Harden, I'm. I know enough about James Harden to know he definitely did not just miss the deadline for that paperwork (laughs) on accident. Like he didn't file the extension paperwork because he wanted his options open this off season. I'm sorry. Like that's just the simple fact of it. So uh, I just Sixers fans take it from a guy who bought it hook, line and sinker for eight years. Don't buy it, man. You're going to be disappointed. I promise, in okay. a most embarrassing way.
1: I want to I want to push back on you a little bit about <laughs> the eight years comment because I, I Harden had so many like <laughs> embarrassing moments of enormous magnitude that it overshadows all the good that he did in Houston. Man, he oh. he was a top three to five player in the NBA for seven years straight. Uh, He took this team further than it's been uh, in 25 years. Yep. I don't know, man. I think I think Harden is um, he deserves a lot of the hate he gets, but he's he's also underappreciated. He's he's legitimately one of the I don't know 35 best players ever, and probably be up from there by the time he retires. Definitely. Um,
0: And and I will still. Anybody wants to debate the merits of James Harden's game with me, you'll still see me get frothy. Like he's yeah. yeah, No, there's there's no
1: denying that no I'm I'm with you man it's just it's the personality thing with him man it's it's when Harden is resigned to a situation it is ugly Mm -hmm. it is ugly he will stop taking care of his body stop giving a fuck visibly on the court like I, I just always go back to that clip against him in Detroit earlier from the season when Sadiq Bey just like took the ball away from him yes and he didn't even try to get it back no it
0: was it, it, the, the amount of uh ungodly talent to be coupled with that level of shamelessness mm-hmm. is just really interesting to me like i don't know it's just bizarre like i've seen multiple times where he will purposefully shut down to prove a point to a teammate or to a coach Or, and I don't, I don't play that kind of shit. Like that's just not the, I don't know. That's that shit that that's going to get you overshadowed as a player. Your legacy is going to get overlooked. If nobody can fucking stand you
1: Harden (laughs) based solely on production should probably be the clear front runner for the second best shooting guard of all time. Yes. But because of his behavior, it's a debate at least
0: it is. And also because of, For a long time, the herky-jerky shit was easier to him, so that's Mm -hmm. what he leaned on. And it's like you look at these tremendously inefficient games, but he made 25 free throws, Mm -hmm. and it's like that annoys people. And (laughs) when he's not on your team, Rockets fans, it's pretty easy to see how and why that annoys people. Um, And and now we're going to have to couple that with Joel Embiid, who legitimately gets 25 free throws a game without herky-jerky, hacky shit, like – it's just, I don't know, man. It's going to be slow yeah. and methodical for sure to watch these uh, Sixers games down the stretch. But come playoff time, that that whistle for Mr. James Harden tends to tends to get swallowed. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think the Sixers will look unstoppable until dot, dot, dot. That's that's my prediction.
1: <laughs> All right, so my take, I don't know if this is a prediction as much as it is a take, but the CP3 injury is a blessing in disguise for the Suns. I like that i think this injury um is going to give cp3 the the time and space he needs to get his body into peak form for the playoffs and cp3 is a incredibly professional person so you know he's going to be ready to return oh yes and you know <laughs> the problem with cp3's career for as long as i can remember is he just gets hurt at the worst possible time last year it was in the finals. Uh, I guess it didn't really happen in OKC, but they didn't go very far. Yep, they were out in the first round. So. And then you have the hamstring in Houston. Yep. You have um, malady of injuries in Los Angeles. So, yeah, I think this is his chance to rewrite the script on his career. And I, I really, Sarver aside, I think I'm rooting for the Suns to win the title this season. I think so, too. Yeah. I like that,
0: too. I, I just really want Chris Paul to get one. I, I think his legacy... Talking about underappreciated players, mm-hmm. um, and again, because their personalities are difficult, probably. But um, also with Chris Paul, it's mostly because he's never been able to get over the hump, and people mm-hmm. always do the yeah but" with him, and for some reason they seem to really enjoy it with him. Um, so I'm with you, man. I'm rooting for CP3. And I also agree that
1: I think he timed the injury just right this year yeah. instead. Yeah. And I think there is a parallel to Harden where, like, from a production standpoint, CP3 could probably be firmly in the discussion for the second best point guard of all time. It's just, yes. it's the playoffs thing. It is, man. And I mean, when it's all said and done, he could be, I mean, th- there hasn't been a more perfect point guard in the NBA in a long, long time.
0: No. And there probably won't be for a long, long time. As far as just a pure point guard. like And he did the-
1: everything well. Yes. He did everything he want a point guard. like Defensively, he was outstanding. Yep.
0: One of the best ever. Still is.
1: Shoot, one of the best passers ever. Mid-range game was lethal.
0: Um, Expanded to the three-point line, uh, albeit reluctantly at first, but he was smart enough to at least see the writing on the wall, whereas you look at his peers, Melo, everybody else Mm -hmm. that he's linked to uh, historically and and friendship-wise. They were all too hard headed, yeah. yeah, stubborn to, to move into the future, even though they didn't really like playing that way. Chris Paul was like, Well, that's what I gotta fucking do now, so I'm gonna start yeah. hitting threes. And yeah, no, he's he's just such a really great, adaptable, crafty player, yeah. and he, he needs to have a ring before yeah. it's all said and done, he's, or it's just not right,
1: you know. He's also so, the best player in the history of two franchises, the Clippers and the Hornets. Yep, I think. Kawhi Leonard's not going to have a long enough Clippers resume, and Blake Griffin was always kind of the second banana. So Yeah,
0: well, what do we think about – are we counting Hornets all the way back to Charlotte or are we just talking the New Orleans I franchise think, of, like, Pelicans? And, and
1: I, I think you could go all the way back to Charlotte and he would still be mm. the best player in the history of that franchise. Mm. So, like, who, who would be the contenders? Alonzo Mourning? So I guess Larry Johnson, but Larry. probably
0: not. He didn't have a, a sustained greatness the way he did. Yeah, you're probably right. Because yeah. Charlotte, the franchise, the Hornets were always in the 90s in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but never really squarely contenders. And
1: I, I know people love Steve Nash, but Chris Paul is unambiguously a better player than Steve Nash. He's not going to have the mm-hmm. resume on the Suns that Steve Nash had, but... He's a better player. He's
0: also not playing in the the flavor of the week, super hot hot
1: yeah. offense. With
0: uh, yeah, being a media fucking darling yeah. to get the two back to backs. That Steve Nash. I the, don't get me wrong, not undeserved. I'm not trying to shit on Steve Nash. Of course, he's all time great.
1: At least one of them was undeserved. I I'll, the, I'll go there. I,
0: I think the second one probably yeah uh, was was kind of like we need to give Steve another MVP kind of shit.
1: Why? But Why? I don't know. Um, know, it was David Stern's NBA man. They're yeah. like, we gotta have a white guy. Yeah. No, man. but I guess Charles Barkley would still be the greatest sons of all, son player of all time, right? I would say so. Yeah, it's certainly. I guess it's either Barkley or Nash. Um, um, fuck.
0: I can't remember his name. Dan. Something. Dan Marley. Yeah, Dan Marley's probably up there.
1: Yeah, I, he was kind of like. He's good. I think you have to throw in Stoudemire and uh, Sabalos. Devin Booker at this point. Booker is going to be there for sure. He'll be up there
0: with Barkley for sure. Yeah. Barkley, Book and uh God, Barkley CP3. was so fucking
1: insane though
0: absurd people yeah. forget how great Barkley was and, and people like to like now that he's old it be- it's become this like roast that he didn't get a ring but like I go back and look at any of the teams Charles Barkley had to play in the fucking
1: playoffs dude, dude. he was an MVP in Michael Jordan's NBA yes like you- Spurs fans I know a lot of Spurs fans don't remember anything before the Duncan era but I mean he embarrassed david robinson in the series there was a lot of times
0: where the Suns were embarrassing to both of our franchises in the playoffs yeah and that goddamn gorilla man that gorilla (laughs) was such an asshole in the 90s but yeah no i'm with you cb3 rest relaxation Mm -hmm. go to your timeshare in orlando i agree and uh come back healthy buddy and win the damn finals we're rooting for you even though you're a bully yes even though you do dumb shit like Point out people's untucked shirts and get the technical fouls.
1: <laughs> that's kind of awesome. I don't know. It's a
0: really funny. Yeah. I, lo- I like love some
1: IRS shit. You know, like, <laughs> I think, I think, I think that's why I kind of like Harden. I just like guys who can scam points. Me too. <laughs> like, you just, you scammed it. You, yep. you, you, you bamboozled the refs. I think, yeah, I think yeah. In, in those situations, I tend to default to, oh,
0: well, the dumbass refs called it. Sorry. That's kind of yeah. funny when you think about it.
1: Yeah. It's like, fucking, old TV show jail guards or something. <laughs> like, you
0: fool, you know, it's
1: just silly. Like <laughs> I always, I was kind of thinking about that. Um, I don't know if you remember that Jason kid play where there, he was, a, he was a Maverick and they were playing the Hawks and Mike Woodson had like a foot out onto the court. Yes And Jason Kidd just like Slammed on the gas And like ran into him And was like He was on the court And they got a tech out of it And I think I, I can't remember if Woodson Got tossed for it But I was just like God damn dude It's so good man
0: I yeah. love that kind of shit And then he tried it again With the drink And it did not go quite as well As a coach Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright On well, spilling the drink note Let's go ahead and wrap her up I feel like We're, we, we rambled on More than we intended oh. But No wrestling, it's kind of a bummer. You know, we'll we'll get it next week, guys.
1: Stone Cold is returning for WrestleMania. I have heard that. That's the rumor.
0: I've heard well at first it was a quote stone cold level surprise for Wrestlemania mm-hmm. which made me laugh even harder because I was like well uh, it sounds like stone cold then yeah but who knows
1: Vince is usually pretty on the nose like that <sighs> it sounds like desperation to me yeah it does I don't know if I want to watch a 56 year old stone cold Steve Austin wrestle
0: he's actually gonna wrestle I thought it
1: was just making an appearance oh wow no I think it's like a one more match type thing
0: Wow. Ooh, yeah that
1: I don't I, think I, I don't want to see either. that I don't either
0: Maybe Cinemax. He's going to
1: paralyze paralyzed or something. I don't want to see it, man. See?
0: Yeah, same. Uh, same, same. Stay home, Steve. Be I'm, a manager. I'm just going to watch Cinemax porn instead. Yeah. Yeah. Starring Greco D. <laughs> That's right. really sunny reference. All right. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week.